0: Microsoft made a lot of money this week, so why is everyone upset? Happy Friday, friends! Hopefully, hopefully you had a good week. Hopefully you did. I had a good week. It's been it's snowing. I don't know why I'm banging on the desk. I am in. uh, I'm always typically in a good mood. Hopefully you are too, and things just sort of worked out well for you this week. So I can't personally fix all your problems, but maybe this podcast will make your day marginally brighter and uh, speaking of margins microsoft announced earnings this week and they they just they cleared the deck they made a ton of money 51.7 billion in revenue which is a 20 percent increase year over year which was already coming off a previous year that was exceptional for them so 50 51.7 billion in revenue net income of 18.8 billion again up 21 percent which The astute of you might notice that that means that their margins increased just a little bit there since their net income outpaced the growth of their revenue. Either way, you know, digging through the weeds there. Uh, Microsoft 365 consumer subscribers grew to 56.4 million. Windows OEM revenue, Windows OEM revenue increased 25% that is good for windows that is good for windows and surface revenue was up eight percent now i had a little concern maybe potentially about about surface because it, last year they had a two billion dollar quarter and it was uh, you know hard to think like maybe are they going to be able to do it again this year reason being the chip shortage which we all know is impacting everybody but they did uh they had an eight percent growth in surface revenue which means they had more than two billion dollars in revenue Uh, for the surface brand interestingly enough they announced er, in their earnings slide they said that was driven by surface laptop a product that wasn't really revved um all that recently and so it it just goes to show that you never really know what's going to boost figures but either way uh surface laptop driving the charge home and surface revenue was up that was probably more than likely also tied into remember there was a really strong earnings or earnings report out about how PC growth has continued we're like in a a PC renaissance as some people would like to call it Uh, and so likely servers benefited from that Microsoft also announced that there are now 270 million monthly active teams users the platform has just gone gangbusters and 270 million people are now logging into teams and also announced this week Microsoft and this kind of ties in you'll see where Microsoft announced that using your team's corporate account you can now talk to team's consumer accounts and you should just turn that off like if you're an IT admin this is I I I kind of maybe sort of get it Microsoft wants this one unified communication platform but being a, corporate users should not be talking to non-corporate users it just feels like it's opening up the door for potential like spam opening up the door for potential bad things data leakage But that's my personal opinion, you can make your own rules for your own tenant, but if your tenant has this enabled, I personally would recommend turning it off until there are extremely strict controls, because you don't want corporate assets talking to non-corporate accounts, it's just, it feels weird, and Microsoft feels like they're trying to juice their metrics there, and really give everything they can to have one unified communication platform, which then makes you wonder, why do we have teams for work, and teams for consumer, if they can all talk to each other, we just won't dive in there, because anyways, but, If you listen to the analyst call of Microsoft's uh, earnings event. They were, they were concerned. Like, Microsoft comes out and says, look, you know, like, they're they're Wolf on Wall Street walking into the room like, we're just raining dollars. And then the analysts are like, well, let's just reel this back a little bit. And the reason was is that the margin on Azure declined a bit. And it's showing a, a, a consistent level of decline. But that's how math works. Like, the larger your org is, the harder it is to grow at a sustained rate of, you know, multiple percentage points. And not just multiple, but tens of multiple percent points and so they really got drilled during the analyst call about hey like what's going to happen with azures Azure growth declining and all that but one of the interesting things too is that when is microsoft actually going to start breaking out purely azure revenue now the reason why i say this is there was a conversation that i was a part of on twitter yesterday that looks like microsoft's Azure revenue on an annualized basis is somewhere around 40 billion dollars that is a massive business that is a bigger business than most businesses on the planet it is a 40 billion dollar roughly entity now if you extrapolate out microsoft's earnings for the first two quarters it looks like they're going to land somewhere around 190 ish billion dollars for the year which means that azure is roughly 20 to 22 percent of the company's overall revenue microsoft it it feels disingenuous that they're not breaking that number out. I know I talk about Game Pass and and Windows 10 versus Windows 11, but like Azure is a beast. And the fact that they will not put it on as a single line item really is starting to kind of get on my nerves a bit here because it's, it's lacking significant transparency for investors. And I'm surprised that they're not like screaming to the federal regulators, like, look, this is a massive business unit and they're not giving us any transparency on how much revenue it actually makes in the actual better details. Now, Microsoft glosses over all that by wrapping it up into like this cloud computing group thing that some people will argue doesn't really include cloud computing stuff and it makes it appear bigger than it really is and the reason we know where they're doing that is because when you compare it to AWS that is what Microsoft does not want is a line item by line item comparison to AWS but I feel that if it's a truly a 40 billion dollar run rate for Azure it is time that Microsoft be forced to do that because it's it should be a best practice in the industry that if you have a business unit that is more than 20% of your overall revenue, you should have to just kind of line item that. So that's why the analysts were a little bit up in arms. Interestingly enough... Things that were not mentioned on the earnings call is Microsoft's acquisition for $70 billion. More people, the analysts were worried about Azure more than they were about Microsoft spending $70 billion, roughly $70 billion, I should say, on Activision. That question did not come up. Didn't come up. Nobody cared. Nobody cared that they're spending $70 billion, which to me was like, like, whatever. Uh, blew my mind a little bit there. Anyways, uh, we also got some additional news about Windows this week and just sort of its usage. And so Windows is sort of having like a little bit of a renaissance in the industry. Uh, 1.4 billion devices are being used every single month with Windows on it. Now, that is Windows 10 and Windows 11, according to Microsoft. They didn't talk about 7 or XP. I would know that they still exist, but I would imagine it's still a small fractional percentage. And we also know that the majority of that is on Windows 10 because Microsoft moved that baseline way up. Uh, when it comes to Windows 11, meaning you need TPM and a certain generation chip newer chips and all that stuff so we know that it's mostly windows 10 but still 1.4 billion monthly active devices that's not shabby i mean that's a pretty healthy install base and so microsoft was out there trumpeting and saying like hey we're doing great but they sort of glossed over the fact that they gave up on windows for a couple of years like after terry myerson left they launched windows 10 terry myerson's like i'm out and then they split up windows effectively into like two or potentially three different people depending on how you look at it it didn't even have a, a seat on the senior leadership table and microsoft sort of let it waddle around because they've kind of figured like I, I think we all kind of think that they thought hey Windows is just stagnated it's not going to do anything and then they started to see a little bit of a momentum and then Panos Panay got assigned the, the responsibilities to run Windows and they launched Windows 11 and now they're out trumpeting about how great it is again and so the point of that is if you're a fan of Windows and a user of Windows, this is good. This is all great things that Microsoft did. There's a line in, uh, in the movie Top Gun where they say Maverick's re-engaging. And so this is Microsoft's re-engaging, or at this point, Roddy has re-engaged Windows. And like they're taking it serious again. And like they actually, based on how they were talking about it, looks like they look at it as potential growth opportunity yet again, which is great. For people like myself and probably everybody listening to this who likes Windows because that means they're going to give it some more love. And speaking of that love, we're going to start to get some Windows updates here, which is interesting for multiple reasons. One, because Microsoft said, hey, we're doing a one update per year, but now we're getting an update in February. And so in February, we'll get Android apps. Uh, everybody will have access to it in preview. And keep in mind, it's not every Android app. It's just the Android apps, I believe, through the Amazon store. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a side loading narrative, but either way, that's the official stance, by the way. Um, and it is in preview, and so it's not, it's technically generally or widely available, but not. Like generally easily available. Also, widgets coming to the taskbar, meaning the little weather will now be in the bottom left, and I'm sure absolutely nobody will accidentally click that thinking it's a start button. Um, but either way, that is coming, and there's a couple other things that will be rolling out, but either way, the point of this is, not that the features are coming, it's the fact that Microsoft has signaled to the world that they will be updating Windows 11 outside of this one annual update. So, just kind of keep that in mind, but although Panis, in an interview with Axios, did say like, hey, we've still got stuff planned, for the fall, and so uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, Windows ele- There's a new Windows 11 build out. I believe it's 22543 in the Dev channel. And it adds a couple of voice narratives. The reason why I bring this up is not because of the voice narratives. Is that my machine will not install it. Uh, it has failed twice, and so just maybe be careful if you're trying to install this or you're like you set a machine and you're not looking at it. Mine failed twice to install. I'm not quite sure why yet. It might be a driver issue, but I'm not really sure if I'm already re- I'm already in the Dev channel. and I was trying to go to or the Beta channel. and I was trying to go to the Dev channel. And it's just just not working. Just not working. Um, also, Microsoft is working on Project Monarch. It has been, quote-unquote, delayed for a product that wasn't really announced. But it will be coming this fall. And this is the One Outlook initiative. I believe Mary Jo Foley did some write-up about this. And I've been hearing this as well, that it was punted until the fall release. And so... She believes that they're going to be pinning it directly to the taskbar when it launches. Uh, This is the updated and replacement mail app, which is more of sort of like a web iteration of of Outlook rather than having this mail app that has been stagnated. um, You're going to be using like this web app interface sort of thing uh, directly in Windows 11. So there you go. Uh, Other sort of things that I personally think that are a pretty big deal, Google has announced that they're bringing Flutter to Windows, so this is reigniting the the development fire of uh, one-language multi-platforms. Now, Flutter has uh, fans in the mobile community, especially building apps and whatnot, and so now you'll be able to build a, a Flutter app for the desktop, mobile, and tablet, and web all with one simple com- command line command line language, which is not correct, uh, development language. And so we've heard this promise before, but Google tends to do things pretty well. And so we'll see how well Flutter works out as a development environment for uh, uh, Windows apps. Um, also things, Chromebooks are starting to get some gaming access through Steam. It's a little interesting. It's still early access, but I don't know why you'd want to game on with, Chromebook either way, unless it's Stadia or Cloud Gaming, but either way, that's starting to float out there. And also of importance is that NVIDIA is going to abandon their $40 billion acquisition of ARM, a big deal just because so many companies use ARM, Microsoft included. Obviously, there's Qualcomm and there's Apple. And so it looks like that acquisition is going to fail and it will be, ARM is going to likely, it sounds like, go public. Uh, That's your tech news. On to the gaming news, because we cannot forget about the gaming news. Uh, Ubisoft is shutting down a Battle Royale hyperscape. Candidly, I had never even played this game. Um, More so even heard much about it. And it just goes to show that just because you launch a Battle Royale title does not mean that it will be a success. Uh, Microsoft is also reportedly working on certain affinity with certain affinity, the development studio, on a Monster Hunter clone. Details are still murky. Uh, But either way, uh, details still murky. On this, either way, it looks like Microsoft is developing that uh, title along that line. Um, the Halo show, we've also gotten some more information about this, which is going to be launching fairly-ish soon, is that it's going to take place in an alternative timeline to the games, which I am actually a fan of. There's been some like people wondering, like, hey, should Microsoft and Halo have followed the same lore and everything that goes on in the titles, like Halo Infinite and everything else? Uh, but it looks like it's going to be a separate timeline, which I think is the right move. One, it probably makes it not probably, it absolutely makes it easier for the writers and for the the building of the series to go much easier because they don't have to tie in directly one-to-one to keep canon with the actual titles. And so I think it gives them just an, a little bit easier and a little bit more expressive route than tying it in directly. So I think that will be a good thing. I am looking forward to that launching. Uh, Games with Gold for February. We have Broken Sword 5, Hydrophobia, Band of Bugs, Aerial Knights, Never Yield are all coming at various dates in the month of February it still kind of cracks me up the Games with gold is still a thing, mostly because Microsoft has really like moved away from gold and Game Pass. And so, either way, uh, those titles are still there. And speaking of Xbox Live, Microsoft got dinged in the UK for its practices related to subscription services, related to Xbox, and they're going to have to be making some changes. And I candidly hope these changes come everywhere. Um, for example, one of the primary things is what is here in the US known as like the AOL thing. It's like how many people are still paying for AOL, or potentially even a gym, that you haven't gone to in multiple years well if you have inactive users that are still paying microsoft is going to be required to reach out to them and potentially cancel that so that they're just not paying these ghost subscriptions if you will there's also going to be additional annual annual reminders for people under 12 month uh, subscriptions although microsoft to my knowledge i don't think sells 12 months anymore i could be wrong on that but it, it seems like they haven't they, they've really moved away from that the basic premise is that the trans the, the <laughs> there needs to be transparency related to the subscription modeling in with xbox live in the uk and again i hope that they do the right thing and and roll that out worldwide I don't know if they will, personally. Um, Either way. And also, as Microsoft and Activision have discussed, uh, Activision's next three Call of Duty games will release on PlayStation, but that is not the next three years. There was some confusion around that. That is two standard Call of Duty titles, which would be this year and next year's title. And then there's also, quote-unquote, Warzone 2 will also release on PlayStation, which I believe is going to be next year. So that's three games over two years. Three games over two years. So... That wraps up kind of like the tech highlights of the week. We have a handful of questions into the box every week. I tweet this out. You can find me on the Twitters at BDSams. And, uh, yeah, let's get some questions going here. Lynn Harson says, since it's been a few weeks since the tweet, and there's the tweet we'll talk about here in a second, any ideas what problems Android app support on Windows solve? So I tweeted out a couple weeks ago. It feels like a couple weeks ago at this time. I said, hey, okay, Android apps are coming to Windows but why? Like, what 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 problem is that going to solve? And the biggest one I heard was that it gives better podcasting apps on directly on Windows. That was primarily it. There's definitely probably going to be some more out there that, that makes sense. Um, I personally don't, I'm not like foaming at the mouth to go install Android apps on my PC. I think the more important point at this timeline, point in time, is that it can work. And so maybe that lowers the barrier somewhere for some people. And Microsoft sort of hedges a bet about um, Android apps on Chromebooks and other places. And they say, look, we can do it too. Also, it might potentially be related to Google bringing their own stuff to Windows. Remember, they already announced games from Android store are coming to Windows. And so this might be Microsoft trying to find a way to push back against Google, quote unquote, taking over the world of Windows. Because now we're going to have Flutter. We're going to have Google. We already have Chrome on there, obviously and then we're going to have a development language and then we're going to have Android games and maybe this is Microsoft trying to create an in so that they can have an Android conversation on Windows and it's not always Google's conversation might be the bigger draw at this point. Um, NGC says, any thoughts about the develop that developer trying to put Windows on Duo? I look forward to this. There is a a... a Open, I, don't know, I don't know if it's open source at this point, but it's an a in-public project to help get Windows running up on the Duo, which I think would be fantastic. I think it's technically possible. You're just going to need a lot of brains to get it done, and so I look forward to following that and seeing how it goes uh stewie says hey brad curious if you know if there's any sort of timeline for xbox game pass coming to android tv devices such as chromecast seems odd that other streaming solutions have made their apps available on the platform but microsoft has not especially after this much time given the goal for game pass uh, is for games on devices you already own. Do you think they will consider developing an app for devices like, ooh, the Oculus Quest 2? Uh, currently, the web app solution works and a few workarounds that are far from an ideal experience. Good question. So, we don't... Here's what Here's what I do know. Microsoft is announcing... Uh, the streaming on the TVs and the the dongle stuff, if you will, on their own timeline. We know this, I know know this from multiple sources, um, that Microsoft is gonna announce it on their timeline. They do not want partners such as Samsung to announce it. And we saw that manifest at CES, where Samsung showed off their TVs and say, look, we have this great interface, and look, these are all the street game streaming apps that you can download. And one obviously was missing, and that was Xbox. And Xbox and, well, Microsoft and Samsung have a very close, relationship you can look at your phone samsung galaxy ultras are typically like the the phones used to highlight it and microsoft and samsung work together to pilot and, and develop new features for that and they typically come to samsung devices first point being they have a close relationship and so if samsung is going to be bringing this stuff there. They would have announced at their own event, but they couldn't because Microsoft wants to have their own event when they can announce it uh, and bring this stuff to market. So I don't have a timeline. I, I keep trying to figure out when Microsoft is going to announce this, but we know it's coming. We know it for a fact. Microsoft has already stated this as a fact that it is coming. We just don't know when. Um, as for things like Oculus Quest 2, which is now called Meta Quest 2, they got rid of the Oculus name. <sighs> Facebook like just keep oculus just it's a it was a perfect name now whatever the meta quest to um I don't know actually that's going to be something that's probably more up to Facebook than it is to Microsoft potentially I'm not quite sure how. Uh, like linear style games. If you linear is probably not the right way, but non VR style games played with a VR headset can be a little dicey. I mean, it's not impossible, but you're definitely going to be sacrificing certain aspects of the of the resolution and other appearance related items. Um, doing it that way, it's it's doable. I don't know if Microsoft would ever bring it natively. So. And then Mr. PKI with a couple questions says, first question, gaming and Halo is a hot topic. They keep changing the microtransaction pricing. Yes, they do. But are they actually getting uptake in players buying armor upgrades at these prices? This is something that's... This is something that's been really frustrating from the Halo community. First off, they came out with a game and it was well received. And it had, the thing that keeps Halo, I think, going is that the, the mechanics of the gameplay are beautiful. Like they're really smooth. They're really well done, exceptionally well done even. But there's a lot of things that just sort of like fell away. Like launching without a Slayer playlist. But the, the store is one of them, a, a serious point of contention where I think it was, I was looking earlier today, it was $7 for a helmet armor and a. You can't even use it in every single way that you want. It's like you can't change its color. It's like that's it. Seven bucks. Uh, Microsoft is really betting on what is called what are called the whales in these types of games. It's a term stolen from Las Vegas, which is you have a minority amount of users spending the majority amount of dollars. And so they're clearly tinkering with the microtransactions, and they're going to be doing some little bit of economics here. They know that. Let's talk about that helmet for a second. They know. Let's just make up numbers here. At seven dollars, which is not a made up number, three people will buy it so they would make 21 dollars if they lower it to five dollars would four people buy it well if they do but they only make 20 dollars there but if six people do it then they make 24 right and so there's a there's a, a an equation or a an economics line here that shows hey there is a median price point that makes sense where we can maximize the number of people who will play who will buy it and we also create enough appeal that enough people will buy it to to outsell potentially the whale scenario and so I expect that they will continue to juggle pricing as they try to sort of juice the revenue here. And though I also suspect that, suspect that they'll eventually do sales for older items that may not be as attractive. You know, a 50% off thing or whatever, something like that. Uh, but they're definitely not, sta- they're not solid in their pricing model, which is frustrating for a lot of people. Mostly because I think it works against Halo's own narrative, as right now. We're talking about price fluctuations. Well, if you're thinking about buying armor, maybe if I wait a little bit longer, it'll be cheaper. Or maybe it ever won't be. But I think right now the, the, the feeling among the community is that prices are being pressed down a little bit. And so a lot of people are waiting. And so Halo or 343 is trying to find that right equilibrium of the price point. Second, why is Lenovo not enabling Pluton by default? Will there be any adoption if it is not enabled by default? So Pluton is a new security uh, control layer, I believe, built directly into CPUs. And so Microsoft calls this Pluton, Pluton, if you will. Uh, And it's it's better than the TPM that is required for Windows 11 because it's all based on the chip and it is supposed to be resistant to attacks on that type of a, a pipeline attack. And so... Lenovo is not installing this. Now, there's a bunch of speculation as to why Lenovo might not be doing this. One, what do they know that we don't that they don't want to do it? Are they seeing performance hits when they enable this? Um, do they see it as a technology that's not really needed by the masses? Meaning um, me, I I personally am not really worried about my machine being hijacked and somebody getting some sensitive information off here about you know what day I'm going to play golf in February. Um, I'm, I'm not really worried about that. And so maybe it's more of an enterprise feature and if there is any sort of performance trade-off maybe that is why it could also be that they might have their own solution in the works and they don't want to be promoting Pluton and, and Lenovo says like they'll call it Lenovo Pro protect me, I don't know, whatever they would call it. I'm trying to think of a name real quick. And maybe they're wanting to push that as their own sort of marketing appeal about why they would use, why they would ignore Pluton. I think the the jury is not quite decided yet what's going to happen with Pluton. We have heard of vendors who are starting to to take it, um, but we haven't seen like mass widespread adoption of it yet. This could be a technology that maybe just doesn't get adopted by the, the community. We don't know yet. The narrative is not fully complete. It's one to watch, though. It is one to watch. Microsoft made a big deal about Pluton, and as of right now, none of the Surface devices coming out, or that are available today, I should say, are able to utilize the Pluton technology. So, will the next generation of devices be able to support Pluton? If they don't, that'll be a little awkward. A little awkward. The only reason I hesitate there a little bit is I was thinking through is that Microsoft has a pretty rich history of taking um, effectively, like, so they just announced 12th gen mobile chips. It's It would not behoove Microsoft to launch a new device with an 11th gen mobile chip because that's typically how they've operated annoyingly and frustratingly. That's how they've done it in the past. And so uh, I wonder if when they that's why I wonder if Microsoft next stuff will have Pluton. That is that is my brain trying to align the neurons to understand what is going on. So we will see. We will see. And as always, friends, that wraps it up this week. Very much appreciate everybody making it all the way to the end, hanging out, asking questions. Hopefully you had a wonderful Friday, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.